Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Splash Weather Repel Premium Windshield Wash features a 3-in-1 formula that repels rain, sleet, snow, and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine. And its advanced beating technology keeps you seeing safely all year long. See safely on the road when you apply a little splash. Pick some up at Walmart today. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond and Buffalo, Maria and Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is Wadi Wachtel. You're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs with host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Martin Popoff back again with another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this Pantheon Podcast Network. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, so this episode, uh, this is episode 66. We're going to call this Strictly Commercial. And that's in honor of a Frank Zappa album issued August 2nd of 1995 called Strictly Commercial. And Frank is one of the ones we're going to be talking about here. Um, so I've let the cat out of the bag. But so the idea here is um, these are bands I've always talked about um, and got kind of really passionate about when talking about this weird way that I like these bands. Uh, basically, these are five examples of bands that I like their most commercial material, their most accessible material. Now, when I went to uh, you, the faithful listeners, on the Facebook page and uh, and tried to explain this concept to you, I got basically uh, everybody named every band under the sun. Um, 
you know, some of the stuff uh, seemed to strike a little bit of a chord with me, but not a lot. And it and it kind of it kind of led the way of um, the hits. People were talking about the hits or liking one or two songs by a band. You know, ostensibly it was the hit or whatever. But this is not really about hits. This is about um, this is about uh, just just straight accessibility, not the um, the arcane or obscure material of these bands. These are bands that have quite a um, quite a partition between the types of music they make. They might have gone off on a on a on a really strange tangent, um, but you know, strange versus not strange. Like I say, um, you know, some of these bands, some of their biggest hits or their more most celebrated songs, just like any bands we like, are um, are not necessarily the most accessible or the shortest songs or, or anything like that. I mean, they they could be the massive epics by bands. You think of Rainbow with Light in the Black and and Stargazer. Not not the most accessible rainbow songs, but considered the greatest rainbow songs, right? So um, it's that sort of idea. Um, so you know, another way of looking at this is like um, you know, if you were if you were standing around uh, with a beer in your hand talking to some you know deep musicologist, music snob fans of these bands, you might be embarrassed to say what you like about these bands or the material that you uh, like about these bands because it would make you look like a poser or whatever. And that's a poser with an er on the end or an eur on the end, whatever. Um, but yeah, so. So in a way, it might be these these you know you're a little you're a little timid you're a little sheepish about saying you know what is your favorite material by these bands because it's not the cool answer I suppose is another way of looking at it. So okay, so let's um let's get started with the first example and we shall discuss. Um, this is Genesis with "Keep It Dark." All right, so Genesis, uh, yeah, this band I've had this long relationship with my whole life, kind of thing, and uh, you know, it's one of these bands that I call a retirement band. Um, and when I say that, it's like, or it's like a desert island band. If you could have one discography on a desert island and something to play it on, um, you know, what would it be? Genesis strikes me as one of these, a little bit like Kansas. Even a little bit like Jethro Tull, because I've had all these albums my whole life, and you know the main big albums, the big block of albums from the '70s or whatever, I just never seem to completely uh, master in my brain. I never, I never kind of get the songs in order or understand them or know, you know, when I'm playing them, what's going to happen next. They just always feel like something a little bit new to me, and. Uh, and that's a problem I have with with uh, early Genesis. So basically, um, I picked this as an example because I love um, I love the Duke album, uh, which went platinum. I love Abacab. That's my favorite Genesis album and one of my favorite albums of all time. That went double platinum. I like. Um, 
I like the Genesis album with the little uh, yellow blocks on the cover. Uh, That went four times platinum. Um, You know, I'm not picking the most uh, strictly commercial stuff because I'm not picking, um, you know, the the last couple of albums with uh, with the massive, massive hits on it, uh, Illegal Alien and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I'm also not picking the early Genesis. I mean, I've just never been a fan, uh, a deep fan who's gone in and played those, you know, dozens and dozens of times in my life over and over again um you know lamb lies down a broadway obviously is considered the second or third whatever greatest prog album of all time and i love it and i'm a sucker for double albums but no give me duke give me abacab give me genesis give me all these synths coming in give me this this new awesome uh you know phil collins uh, drum sound one of my favorite drum sounds uh i'm not even missing that peter gabriel's not here i mean i i love the peter gabriel catalog even more than the genesis catalog even this middle genesis catalog that i love so much but i'm not missing peter gabriel he's gone i don't care um and this this all started with um Follow You, Follow Me, I think, is, is that right? Follow Me? Yeah, Follow You, Follow Me. Uh, it it kind of started with that on the, uh, and then there were three record. Um, that that kind of picked up the hookiness, the re- the rememberness, the, re- the, memorability, uh, the memorability of these songs. Um, but, uh, you know, across the likes of uh, Abacab, a horrible album cover, right? I mean, this is when everything went kind of simple, but... You think of the song Abacab, uh, No Reply at All is great, Me and Sarah Jane, Keep It Dark, the one I played, is is like very, very commercial. Um, I love Dodo. It's a little, you know, we're getting a little more proggy again. Um, Man on the Corner is getting a little Phil Collins-y. Um, I'm not a fan of the Phil Collins catalog, um, solo catalog, uh, Who Done It? But what a great, great album. Um, so there you go. That's, that's my first choice on, uh, you know, if I was hanging around with some, uh, you know, uh, felt, felt, felt patch on their, on their, um, smoking jacket, uh, Genesis fans, uh, sitting around, uh, with our brandy snifters, uh, and cigars in some, uh, you know, some red, uh, leather chairs in, uh, in a private library discussing our favorite Genesis stuff. I'd, Im- I'd be embarrassed to say that, uh, I've got Duke, Abacab, and Genesis uh, absolutely imprinted on my brain start to finish and almost nothing else from this band. All right. So, number two choice. Um, Take a listen and we shall discuss. This is Pantera with Living Through Me, Hell's Wrath. Okay, so I'm a massive Pantera fan. I've always loved Pantera. I even like all those uh, weird indie albums they did, 83, 84, 85, Metal Magic, I Am The Night, brought, you know, Projects in the Jungle, Power Metal, whatever. Um, they're, they're even really good albums, quite underrated. Um, but uh, a couple things I don't like about Pantera that are kind of sacrilege uh, in the Pantera community. Um their fast, thrashy stuff, I don't think is very good from this band. They almost use it as links to go from one place to another, or it's almost like they they feel that and they know that it's kind of a ludicrous idea and you can't be too particularly creative when being super fast and thrashy. Um, 
I, you know, I don't like Phil when he's thrashing out. And, um, and also I'm not a big, uh, fan of Dimes guitar soloing. Um, I really, I really don't like that, that crazy dissonant noise for noise sake thing that he does. Um, I don't like when he's really super obtuse and, uh, and, uh, non-tuneful of riff either. So with Pantera, again, strictly commercial. I love the groovy Pantera. I love the money riff Pantera, as Phil would say. You know, we're a, we're a band of money riffs, right? Um, I love when um, when you know someone says of a Pantera song, ah, oh, that's their groovy one. That's their Aerosmith song or whatever, right? I love the Rebel meets Rebel album. Uh, you know, uh, so so this song uh, is just like a like a super groovy one. Like those last two albums, even the last three albums. Um, have a lot of pretty thick, opaque stuff that that just just doesn't get me. It sounds like they're being uh, non-social um, or misanthropic for uh, for the sake of it. Um, so I love when they're melodic and groovy, and there's a there's a big groove coming out of Vinny, and uh, and it's just really tuneful. So that's my favorite Pantera stuff. I love you know Mouth for War is amazing, um, but I'm not a big Cemetery Gates guy. I love Cowboys from Hell. So here you go. So those are probably the two. The two biggest songs Pantera ever did, Cowboys from Hell and Mouth for War. Um, you know, obviously Walk, This Love as well, but um, those two are probably two of my favorite Pantera songs. So here I am. I'm not I'm not picking the deep tracks, although, you know, I wanted to pick out a deep track to play you that I thought fit this concept of Strictly Commercial. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'll cast a shadow, goddamn electric hole, hole in, yeah, well, yeah, that's Sabbath cover. I'm, I'm looking at the hits album here I'm, and, and kind of intrigued what they put on uh, for hits. But again, I'm, I'm not a big, um, I'm not a big slow doomy Pantera fan either. I like that mid-paced stuff, the mid-paced groovy, the Aerosmith Pantera. There you go. The Strictly Commercial. All right. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, moving on, an even heavier band uh, than Pantera. Take a listen to this. This is Grateful Dead with France. All right, so um, I I just I just think France is probably one of the most ex- exquisitely constructed songs of all time. It's it's an amazing amazing track, one of my favorite songs of all time. But again, here's another band that I was sitting around with a bunch of deadheads in the mud, uh, and we're talking about our favorite Grateful Dead. I would uh, I would be hard pressed to uh, to name some magical moment on one of their live albums. Um, I don't like the early psych stuff. Um, I don't like the jammy stuff, the the super long ones on the studio albums. Um, I certainly don't like the covers. I just figure their covers are just the most unimaginative picks. Obviously, Jerry does interesting things with covers, and he's such a musicologist, a music snob himself. But... What I love about this band so, so much is the Donna Jean God Show and Keith 
uh, God Show years. Um, I love, love Terrapin Station, Shakedown Street, um, and, you know, another great album that is basically a Grateful Dead album, Cats Under the Stars, the Jerry Garcia Band album from April 78. Some great, great Donna stuff on there. But, um, you know, I've just, I've pulled out the stack of my... Uh, CDs here from the uh, the two Grateful Dead box sets. You know, Wake of the Flood couldn't name you a single anything on that. Uh, you know, interesting situation. Um, Built to Last and In the Dark. I actually kind of like these albums. Um, you know, even Go to Heaven. Um, so there, there's a there's a different sort of um, commercial Grateful Dead that I'm 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 sort of on board with. But I just miss Donna's voice. I just I just love listening to her sing those ballads. But blues for Allah, no, oh, forget it, man. Um, Mars Hotel, the early stuff. You know, here we got Dead Set and Reckoning, whatever. But uh, no, absolutely my favorites are, you know, something like France. Uh, you know, I certainly didn't want to hear them do good loving, but uh, Shakedown Street I love. Um, From the Heart of Me, If I Had the World to Give, these gorgeous, gorgeous Donna ballads. Um, basically my favorite stuff that they uh, that they ever did. Uh, Terrapin Station, you know, for a long one, I, I thought that was really kind of cool. Um, but there you go. And and one other thing to mention with Grateful Dead, when people do have this uh, massive debate about what is commercial Grateful Dead, you know, the first thing everybody thinks about is Working Man's Dead and, and American Beauty, June and November 1970. So these two great albums that are kind of like more... Uh, bluegrassy and country and very accessible in their own right you know there's a there's a big debate in the dead community i mean are you supposed to like this stuff or not but i i love that stuff as well so here i am you know being being on point with uh with loving only the strictly commercial grateful dead so i like that kind i like the very last kind that they ever did um but i love 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 that middle stuff and forget forget any magic live jammy moments couldn't care less the live albums couldn't care less um the early psych stuff, Oxymox or whatever, couldn't care less. Um, just, just give me, just give me Donna singing. I mean, it's so weird and so rare for me to, uh, you know, to, to champion a female vocalist in a band, uh, you know, that, that was, you know, usually thought of as a bunch of guys, but, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's odd even thinking of her, you know, in the, um, in the sort of manly world of rock and roll, of of being a key member of the band, but to me, she's almost the most important member of the Grateful Dead. Shocking, can you believe it? Um, but that's but that's me, and that's my odd, embarrassing, um, you know, take on the Grateful Dead. You know, and and that brings up another term that people have talked about, even you know, when, when we went through this thing on the, um, on the Facebook page, it's like this, this does align to a little bit of, oh, I only like the hits of the band, but it also aligns a little bit to the idea of what is your guilty pleasure, right? And people talk about guilty pleasures of, you know, normally the umbrella is bands that you, that you think it's shocking that you should like, that you like. Yeah. Everybody talks about ABBA, right? All the time, right? Um, that's, that's one or stuff that, you know, a black metal band would play on a tour bus or whatever, right? You know, just really to, to lighten up the mood and to get away from the, the stuff that they, they, you know, they patronize that they do i mean it's not it's not odd that uh that bands on tour buses would play a completely kind of different music right but uh but no this uh, this idea of a guilty pleasure so so this is a little bit this episode's a little bit about those guilty pleasures but within the umbrella of one band you know the the stuff that uh you know normally you uh you know it, n- what what they what the cool fans of the band uh would not like all right so let's move on let's give you another example here uh take a listen to this 
This is King Crimson with Heartbeat. Okay, so here's another band where um, I swear to God, you know, I respect the hell out of all those 70s albums, but all those lineup changes just make me dizzy. Um, all those long songs, um, the compilations, the different album covers, the live material, the jamming. You know, I just, I get I get kind of confused by early King Crimson, and I also get depressed by early King Crimson. I mean, like I say, I respect it when I play it. I'm actually pretty freaked out by how creepy and weird it is. You know, it's a little bit like Vandergraaf Generator or Krautrock or whatever. Um, But so those albums are there and I like them and I, you know, I can't say I love any of them, but I'm a massive, massive, massive fan. And I know I talked about this in the uh, Bands of Individuals episode because this is this is a crazy, crazy band uh, that way. I'm a massive fan of the Red the blue and the yellow period. So we've got uh, discipline, beat, and three of a different uh, of a perfect pair. And uh, heartbeat. I wanted to play something really, really commercial because, again, with King Crimson, to me, give me the three and four minute songs that get going. There's they're straightforward. Not a lot of instrumental stuff in them. Give me Adrian Ballou because he's one of my favorite guys in all of rock and roll ever. Amen. Uh, to the end of time. Um, I love to hear his voice. I love to hear his lyrics. Um, I love to hear his guitar against Robert Fripp's guitar. So you've got these two guitarists with different things going on. You've got Bill Bruford in there um, being a very musical, singable um, drummer. You've got Tony Levin in there with the fretless bass, um, the stick, uh, you know, doing cool things. So there's always a lot to listen to, but absolutely absolutely give me the hits and one of the things just just drives me crazy about king crimson although i see them live you know when they come around and uh, but but you know through thrack and thrack attack and that it it eventually got into this band that i basically describe as uh you know a car crash band uh it basically everything sounds like uh cars crashing into themselves or or crumpling up crumpling up paper <laughs> a lot of instrumental stuff three drummers lot of noise almost a form of uh heavy metal deconstructions definitely deconstructed sounding music uh long long versions of things uh long you know mostly no vocals um you know obviously no adrian blue he's gone um so yeah king crimson you know you, you want to talk to me about being a king crimson fan i'm just gonna say red blue yellow all day long um i i've even thought of writing a book on just those three records i, I love them so much uh massive massive I just played those things to death, and I still play them all the time. I, I just think they're great. And even the last one, the yellow one, you know, ascend, it, it actually had the least amount of uh, straight commercial accessible songs on it. It, You know, the deconstruction process had already started at that point, and then after that, it's just one of the most bewildering, screwed-up catalogs you've ever seen. It's a little bit like a no-means-no catalog, uh, but worse. Um, so there you go. King Crimson is my uh, number four choice. Um, 
And we are now down to the last choice. Um, and uh, as I've given it away early on by naming this uh, this uh, episode Strictly Commercial, my last choice is Frank Zappa. Take a listen to this. This is Charlie's Enormous Mouth from You Are What You Is. Charlie's Enormous Mouth, well, it's all Okay, so Frank Zappa, interesting here. Um, I'm a massive Zappa fan. Uh, again, a, a huge Desert Island band. Um, you know, one of those where you could just take that massive catalog, go to the Desert Island, and you'd be entertained for a long, long time. But totally do not. I, I, I find his 60s stuff just grating on the ears and ridiculous and ludicrous. I don't find the comedy funny at all. The productions are bad. Um, I don't like this idea that he, um, you know, he's he's parodying or or basically celebrating parodying slash the stuff he grew up with. The sixty, the early sixties and the fifties music. I hate hearing any of that stuff. Um, so so I really don't like you know any of that Zappa stuff leading up to about 1973 where it starts to get a little bit commercial um and then later on you know I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of well even even marbled throughout I'm not a fan of the um of the long instrumental passages and the fusion music um and the and the soloing lots and lots of soloing and then later on in life i'm not uh i'm not a fan that there are these shut up and play your guitar albums or the classical work um so yeah so me and frank zappa uh basically again give me the hits give me disco boy um you know give me uh give me essentially joe's garage one way over joe's garage two except for watermelon and easter hay um but but you know i i i love the succinctness of that album and i think i think you know it just gets it it just unravels on um two and three as it's called right um but uh, but no, my favorite Frank Zappa albums of all time are what I picked this song off of. And if you notice, I mean, I picked basically the first 30 seconds of this song. I noticed that a lot of these songs on this album, you know, talk about commercial. They get going immediately. The verse starts and Frank's singing away. I love Frank's voice, right? I want to hear him sing. I love his lyrics. I want to hear him. I want to hear his views. I want to hear him sing. Um, you know, I want to hear a little of his guitar. His guitar always struck me as a parody of a guitar solo when he solos. He's a little bit like when you hear a guitar solo from uh, Jay Mascus from Dinosaur Jr. It's just so loud and, and obnoxious. And Frank's a little bit like that. It's almost like he's making fun of the idea of shredders. Um, you know, Steve Vai or whatever, who was in his band, of course. Um, but uh, but no, so, so with Frank... Um, Basically, I come on board super strong with Joe's Garage and Chic Your Booty, and I love You Are What You Is. Them or Us, to me, is a little bit patchy. I'm not a big Them or Us fan. Um, what's the other one? Tinseltown Rebellion's up and down for me. Um, you know, and, and he confuses me when he starts mixing in live material with studio material. I don't know what's going on. I'm not deep enough a fan to realize even when something might be an older song because he he'll he'll actually put in little parts of stuff and then he's got that 
Well, okay, before we get there, but um, So You Are What You Is is totally my favorite of his because basically it's a double album. It's packed full of short songs. You know, the comedy is there. Give me Frank making comedy. Give me give me Frank making cheap jokes. And in fact, that's what Strictly Commercial is. I mean, uh, that CD, it, it's, it's literally, it's called that to be provocative about being commercial and Strictly Commercial, but but it's it's all of Frank getting a cheap laugh, right? Now, when I say uh, I, I like, I want Strictly Commercial from Frank Zappa, it's not necessarily give me comedy. Um, it, it's literally give me the short songs with vocals and lyrics and choruses, uh, you know, and production and a little bit of heaviness and a little bit of, a little bit of, you know, just, uh, creativity. You know, I'm not, I'm not crazy again because, you know, later on, uh, through the catalog, he will always kind of celebrate that old, uh, sixties girl group or the crooners or the fifties music. You know, there's a bit of that always along the way or the blues. Um, I don't want to hear any of that. I just, I just want to hear a new, poppy heavy rockin song from frank that's that's what i like so moving on from you are what you is i was a, i was perfectly a fan of uh ship arriving too late to save a drowning witch and a man from utopia the, but the songs on it right so so again you know w- once it got too long and, and too weird and too instrumental not a fan um Love that whole crazy, messy, ragged Chad Wackerman drum sound too. And another great one uh, to go play by Frank if you are in any sort of agreement with me that a lot of people forget about is Broadway the Hard Way. Um, you know, that that album, I play all the time. And, and what it is, it's um, it's a little bit like Ted Nugent Intensities in 10 Cities where it's where it's a live album of songs that are not on the studio albums, I think all all completely. I mean, um, I, I don't know. There might be there might be themes or pastiches or whatever, but but essentially, um, pretty sure all of it or most of it is uh, is stuff that is not on any studio album. And it's it's comedic. It's fast. It's hard hitting. There's a lot of neat dialogue back and forth. It's a little bit dated with all of it being about Michael Jackson and Ronald Reagan and Pat Robertson. Um, but uh, other other than that, it's actually pretty, um, you know, it's it's a really good accessible live album. And, and you know, I am not a live album fan of Frank Zappa, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, I, again, the, here's another way of being commercial. Give me the studio albums. That's what I want. I, I just I just want everything all laid out and planned when it comes to Frank, I guess. Um, so there you go. Um, let's wrap it up there. Those are five different examples uh, that are, have a similarity to them of uh, just loving the uh, commercial stuff. Uh, if you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi, rhymes with no fee, um, dot com. So it's a uh, co-fee.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit the red support button, buy me a coffee or a pint. It's kind of cool. Um, you know, this doesn't take me a lot of time to, to put together, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm roughly wobbly making an hourly wage at doing this because of your fine support. And on that front, I would like to thank this time, Bruce Campbell, as always, he's always around. Uh, thank you very much, Bruce. You're, uh, you're my, you're my main regular contributor. I, I, I definitely appreciate the support, uh, as well. Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Jeremy French, Joe Becht, Kevin Latham, Black Sugar Transmission, not sure who you are, but thank you, uh, and Colston Veer. Um, so yeah, very cool, and I and I see you guys commenting all the time on the um, 
on the uh, on the Facebook page as well, giving me suggestions. So yes, very helpful. Thanks again for that. And uh, yeah, martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. Um, right now, we've got the Three Maidens. We've got uh, coming coming in actually soon again. This is a little bit of news. Um, but uh, the Merciful Fate back in print. Uh, I'm actually gonna have Tornado of Souls, the third of the tra- Thrash one, back in print for the first time in years. Um, but yeah, I've got the priests and the UFOs and the Sabbaths and all that. Still got the Blurstrick Health Visual um, biography, but there's PayPal buttons. I sign them all, ship them out of the office. Again, martinpopoff.com. That is it for now. Thanks again. Um, we shall talk to you again next time. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.